Hello, everyone. Welcome to Word of Life Church. We are so glad that you are joining. We want to join the body of Christ together, learn more, and grow in faith. So if you haven't already, go ahead and click that like and share button so we can get other people on here with us to learn and grow. We are going to be talking this morning about gratitude, having a thankful heart, and the importance of being grateful. So let's start off in prayer. Lord, we thank you. We praise you that your word is being brought forth. We thank you, Father, that you are working through us, that you are showing us new revelation in your word. We thank you, Father, that we're open to receive from you this morning, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about gratitude, and I wanted to share with you first, there was a video clip that I saw, and we posted it on the page. If you um, haven't seen it, you can go back and watch that, but it was talking about our brain and how being grateful can actually prevent you from being anxious and depressed. And so I looked up a couple of different statistics and things about our brain. And I think you'll find this really interesting. So our brain cannot respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time. I'll let that sink in for just a second. We are not capable of housing anxiety and thankfulness at the same time. So just like the word talks about blessing and cursing shouldn't come out of the same mouth, it's impossible for it to happen at the same time. Yes, you can say something negative and you can say something positive, but not in the same moment, right? If I'm saying something to you right now, if I say my name, Rebecca, I can't say something else at the same time. So. Our brain cannot respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time. Now, here's some really cool things to learn about yourself. Gratitude can boost neurotransmitter serotonin and activate the brainstem to produce dopamine. Dopamine is our brain's pleasure chemical. The more we think positive, grateful thoughts, the healthier and happier we feel. Now, this sounds good, right? We all want to be in a positive, upbeat mood, but does that always happen? You don't have to raise your hand, but I'm sure we can all raise our hand and say at some point in time, there were things that took place in your life, maybe currently situations that you're going through to where things don't look the best. But I'm going to show you today in the Word of God how we can transform some things that are not looking good in our life and have them work for our good. So we're going to go to Philippians 4 verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We'll stop right there for a second. What is it saying? Be anxious for nothing, meaning we shouldn't have worry and stress piling up in our life. And if we are, go back to this verse because he's saying, don't do those things. But what is he telling us to do in place of it? Well, we just learned that we can't have anxiety and thankfulness coming out of the mouth at the same time. So he's giving us the answer right here of how to overcome anxiety, how to overcome things that the enemy is trying to throw at your mind, throw at your life, throw at your finances. He's saying in everything, not just in this situation and that situation, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Sometimes we can um, pray, but we do it in a complaining manner. Um, Sometimes we can, you know, just have all these different ways that we are trying to communicate. And the Lord is teaching us in his word how to pray. And, you know, here recently I've discovered that 
things I take for granted that, you know, I've grown up in church, so I know how to pray and I know these things. And so hearing from other people that they don't know how to pray, they don't know what to say. It's an awkward feeling. Hey, you know, if that's where you're at, don't feel like I'm not going to pray because I don't know what to say or I don't know what to do. Do it anyway, right? Start where you're at. So if you're just like, Lord, I don't know what to say. Uh, thank you for the day. Start there. If you're like, okay, well, you know, treat it like you're talking to your dad. Or if you don't have a good relationship with your dad, treat it like you're talking to your best friend, your spouse, someone that you value, that you like to talk to. Okay. So when we talk to God, that is exactly what prayer is. It's having fellowship and communication with our father. And it's simple. It's something that we shouldn't make so complicated or a religious thing. It is literally having a conversation with God and you're just talking to him. He's talking to you. And yes, it's a learning of learning what his voice sounds like to be able to hear him louder and clear because he's not yelling at us, right? He has a still small voice. And so he's talking to us in love, in patience, in peace. And so we have to learn what his voice sounds like, just like anybody you talk to, right? The longer you're friends with them, the more you can pinpoint their tones and you know what they mean. And then even if you can't see them, the moment you hear them say something, you're like, oh, so-and-so is here. Why? Because you know what their voice sounds like. So the more we have fellowship and communication with God, the more we learn how he sounds, what he says. Um, so if it's contrary to his word, we can 100% say that was not God, which is why we need to know the word of God to know when God's talking to us, because the enemy will also try and talk to you as well. And so we need to be able to determine who's talking to us. What are they telling me? And where can I base that in the word of God? So here he's telling us in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, after we do this, look what happens. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means we've got to get this mind uh, kind of out of the way to where we're not trying to analyze, we're not trying to figure everything out in our intellect on this piece or finances or anything in your life, right? When we try and add our own reasoning to things, this is where things can get all jumbled up and messed up. In fact, y'all need to go back and watch uh, Nancy Dufresne's message that she taught at Eagle Mountain. Uh, not, what was that, last week, a week, a couple weeks ago? It was amazing. I put a clip in there specifically talking about um, when God gives you a word and how we can use our own reasoning. And as we do that, it alters the plan that God had. And that's why sometimes things don't turn out the way you want, or maybe your prayer didn't get answered because we try to put our own intellect, our own understanding in the mix of God's plan. And it got everything out of order. But as we continue to get into his word, we learn that God knows more than we do. He created everything. He created you specific and unique for a purpose. So when we understand that God is for us, he's not against us, we get excited to have fellowship and communication with him. When we read the Bible, it becomes alive to us. It's not something we read out of a, uh, you know, I got to pass this test or, you know, things are not going to look so good if I don't do it. It's not out of an obligation. It's out of an honor. It's out of, Lord, I want to know more about you. I want to learn more about your word and how you have placed things in my life and how I can use them to help others and to bring glory and honor to God. So not only are we going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding, but we'll guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, now this is what, this is how you're able to do this because I know a lot of people are like, well, how am I able to be thankful 
when everything is going downhill? Or how am I able to be thankful when I don't see the end result or a positive side to this? Because let me tell you, you can be going through some really hard times and you do not see how God is going to get glory from this. And I first want to say that if you're going through a test or a trial to know that God is not the one that put that on you. John 10, 10 tells us that the thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have a life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So Satan is the one that tries to put obstacles in your way. He's the one that wants to put death in your life, in your family's life. He's the one that wants to put financial burdens on you. He's the one that wants to come against your thoughts because he wants to cause separation from you. He wants you to see God as a God who does bad things and causes you to draw away from him instead of closer to him. So anything that is going bad in your life, you can uh, put a check mark that that was the devil, not God. So we're going to mark God off that list and we're going to say, nope, this was the enemy and this is an attack from him to cause separation from me and God. Now, again, it does not take away a pain or a hurt knowing that Satan's the one that doing doing the bad and not God. But what it does do is it puts you on the right playing field because now you know that God is for you and he's trying to help you. The devil is against you. So now when we are praying with thanksgiving, we're not praying to a God that we think has punished us to teach us something. We're now praying to a God who loves us and is trying to bring us to victory. You can be thankful because you know that God is a good God and he loves you. Now, this next part of this verse tells us in those moments when things are not going good, and even when they are going good, these are the things that we should be thinking on. And as we begin to think on these things, this is how Thanksgiving is able to come out of our mouth. It says, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Wow. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a storm, if you're focused on the waves, if you're focused on the obstacle in front of you, then you are not able to see beyond where you currently are. So what takes away that situational seeing or looking is thinking on what we just read here, thinking on God thoughts to where we're not saying what we see in those moments. Because let me tell you, I've been through situations recently and years ago to where things didn't look good. In fact, it looked like death. It looked like uh, burdens. It looked like pain. And if I were to open my mouth and say what I was seeing, then the results that I got would have been completely different. In fact, a lot of you know about my daughter who was born three months early. And in the natural, it looked like she was not going to live. And if I would have opened my mouth and said exactly what I saw, what I felt, what it looked like in that moment, she wouldn't be here today. And thank the Lord, she is. She is a wonderful, beautiful, intelligent nine-year-old. Um, and she is always learning and growing. And so my flesh wanted to say some things that were in line with the enemy and the attack that he had tried to place on our life. But because... I had the word of God on the inside of me, it would not allow me to say anything that I saw. It encouraged me 
to speak out words of life, to speak out what God told me he would give me. And it's a long story. We're not going to get into all that or we'd be here all morning. But the Lord promised me that he would give me a daughter. And so if I lost my daughter, then that would have caused a whole nother thing. But because I believed that God gave me his word and I did not allow my mouth to agree with the lie that the enemy was throwing at me. But I said, no, God promised me this daughter. So she will live. And like I said, it's a whole long story, but she's here today. Be mindful of saying what you're seeing. Can't remember who it was that said it, but you know, they say, um, say what you want, not what you have. Why? Because you're calling things into existence. The word even talks about us doing that. And so understanding that God has put these principles in place to where our mouth can produce some amazing results in our life. Now, we've got tons of scriptures that I want to go through with you guys because I want to lay a good foundation so you're able to get into a grateful heart, one that has a thankfulness despite everything that's going on around you. The next verse we're going to go to is Psalms 107, 1 through 2. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Now, I did not know, but um, my mom was telling me, one of the pastors was talking to her when the Lord led her to start saying this um, every single day. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. That the Israelites in the Bible, when they were going through some bad things, they would begin to praise and say, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And what they were doing is they were praising their way to victory. So anytime there was things going on that were bad, they would begin to praise and lift up the name of the Lord and it led them to victory. So it's not surprising that here it's telling us, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good, right? We've got to remind ourselves that God is good. That will allow us to be thankful and grateful because we know he is good. His mercy endures forever. Now, most of the time we stop here at this verse, but we're going to go to the second verse because, man, there's some power packed in here. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. What? Y'all, if y'all have never read the second verse here, we're going to read it again. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who is the redeemed of the Lord? You are. If you ask Jesus into your heart, you are the redeemed. So it's saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So maybe you need to wake up this morning and say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Redeemed from what? Well, everything. You know what you're currently going through, so make it personal. You are redeemed from, and then you fill in the blank. What are you going through right now that you don't want to be going through anymore? Say it. I am redeemed from. I am redeemed from. The more you say that, what, what does the word tell us? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word not hearing just one time, right? So it's a constant thing. So as you speak words out of your mouth, what are you doing? You're hearing your own words. So it's getting down inside of you. It's coming back out. You're hearing it again. It's getting inside of you. It's coming back out. Eventually, 
you will believe the words that are coming out of your mouth. Did you also know, and this is just amazing to me, that if you tell a lie long enough, you actually begin to believe that lie. Well, thankfully, the word of God is truth. It's not a lie. So how much more do you think speaking the word of truth over your life, you'll begin to believe it? Is that not so cool? The things we hear is what we put in us. It's what we fill up on and it forms our belief system. So it's vital to guard these ears, to guard these eyes and to watch this mouth because it is meant to produce. Now, we're going to continue reading here because he's telling us that the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, I just told you that if you ask Jesus into your heart, you are the redeemed of the Lord, right? Galatians 3.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, everyone who hangs on a tree, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if, if you want to learn about the curse and the blessing, that's a whole different message, but you can go to Deuteronomy um, and you can read all about the curse and the blessing there. But if you want to know what you've really been redeemed from in detail, go read Deuteronomy. I will even, I'll post it in the comments here so you guys can read that chapter about blessing and cursing so you can get excited and start saying, no, I've been redeemed from that. So when Satan comes and tells you, Oh, well, that's just how it is. Of course, that's going to happen to you. Uh-uh. You can say no with confidence because we believe the word of God. And we're saying, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. And because we know what the curse of the law is, we can say, look, here, he's redeemed me from that because it's under the curse. Is this not exciting? I hope this is helping you this morning because I was getting excited just studying about it and now we, we get to talk about it together. So this is making me even more happy. I get a second. I get a double portion. Yes, praise the Lord. The next verse that I want to go to is Psalms 50, 23. It says, whoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. Wow. We could just meditate here forever. He who offers praises glorifies me. When we take time to praise and thank God for what he's done for us, man, it brings glory to God. Think about that. We're able to bring glory to God. And sometimes we see ourselves as unworthy to where we're like, how can I repay God for everything that he's done for me? By giving him praise, giving him praise. Ah, oh, man. Sometimes we forget to say thank you. We get into a so fast paced world these days to where someone does something nice for us and we don't even have the courtesy to say, thank you. Sometimes it's just brushed off and we're like, well, that's part of their job. That's what they're supposed to do. Is it though? Should we not value their position and what they're doing? The word of God tells us if we are faithful in the little, we'll be faithful in the much. I worded that a little strange, but he's telling us that when we are able to take something that we consider small and treat it with respect and we value it and we do it with everything that we have, it allows us to enter into a greater responsibility to where we can have more. We can do more because we value the small things and we value the big things. So it doesn't matter how far you come in life, you can still look at another person who 
may classify as lower than you in a job position or whatever. And you do not consider yourself to be better than them. You still value what they do. You still thank them. You still appreciate them, right? Every area of our life, this has to apply to where we don't just think, well, that's not big enough. I'm not doing enough. We can always do more, right? But don't take what you're doing right now and let that not seem good enough to God because God gets glory when we praise, when we are thankful for what he's given to us. Now, we're going to go to a couple other scriptures here in, oh man, so many scriptures. Second Corinthians 4, 8, it says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. I taught on this a while back, but I love this verse because it's saying we're hard pressed on every side, but what's happening? We're not being crushed. We're not being destroyed. And I love to use this example of a um, vase, right? If you have a hollow vase, there's nothing on the inside of it and you apply pressure to the side, it's going to crack easily. But the moment I put something on the inside of that vase, let's say we're filling it um, with dirt or even concrete, right? The more we press on it, guess what? There's something to resist. There's something to hold back the pressure to where it doesn't crack, to where it doesn't cave in. It's not destroyed. Well, the same thing works in our life to where no matter what's going on in your life, what the enemy tries to throw your way. When we have God filled up on the inside of us, filled up on the inside of that vase, when the enemy tries to put that pressure to crack you, you are able to resist the enemy. And what does the word say? When we resist the enemy, he flees from us. So we're able to stand against him and I want to say this the right way. And God is able to turn things around to where what the enemy tried to put in your way, he wasn't able to succeed at. God was able to help you overcome, lead you to victory because you had him filled up on the inside of you and you were able to say, nope, Satan, you don't. We lost connection there for a second, but I think we are back up and running. I hope so. The next verse that I want to read to you guys is in. Um, like I said, I have so many verses. We could be here for a really long time, but I want to just lay that foundation for you guys so you can begin to utilize and operate in the blessings of God in your life. In Acts 16, 25, it tells us, <clears throat> but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. All right. So this is late at night, right? They are actually in prison here. Not a nice prison. I mean, they are at the lowest of lows, like the worst place that they could be. They've already been through so much torment, so much hate, and they're in literally a place of like, you know, this is as bad as it gets. So it's saying at midnight, right, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Isn't that interesting? In what looked like despair, in what looked like hopelessness, they are still able to pray and sing to God. Why? Because they know who God is. They know that he loves them. They know that he is not a God that put them in this situation, that he's the one that's going to bring them out of this situation. So they're giving thanks, not because of the trial. They're not thanking. Thank you, Lord, for putting us through this. They are thanking God 
that he is good and that his mercy endures forever. They are thanking God that he is leading them out of this despair and bringing them in to that promised land, in to their victory side. Let's keep reading. And the prisoners were listening to them. Now, I find this really cool, too, because not everyone in the prison believes in God. Yet they're listening. They want to know, does this work? Right? There's people who are watching you that you may not realize. And they're thinking, does it work? Yeah, I know I say I don't believe in church and I don't believe in God. But is it working for them? This is why we are one of the greatest ways of demonstrating the love of God to others. Because when we pray and people see that, wow, that was a miracle. Wow, that actually worked for you. It's a testimony that God's word is true and he will do what his word says. So they're praising, they're praying in this prison, right? The prisoners are listening. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. Man, this must have been some powerful praising in these moments. There was a great earthquake. So that the foundation of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. What? Think about that. Their praise to God instead of lifting up what was going on instead of saying man my back hurts man i'm i'm in pain oh looks like we're gonna die here we're not gonna make it out of this alive instead of saying all the things they may have been thinking right all the things that they could have been feeling they chose to praise and honor god and because of it the prison doors were opened. The chains that were holding them down broke off. The same thing can happen in your life. When you begin to praise, when you begin to lift up the name of God, the doors will open for you. The things that have held you back will begin to fall off and free you. They will push you out to where you're like, wow, this had to be God. There's no way this would have worked without God's help. Starts with believing that God wants to be there for you. Opening your mouth and speaking out that thankfulness, that gratefulness, and you're going to start seeing some things just, whew, that you've never seen before in a good way, not in a bad way. The last couple verses that I want to read to you, though, is Psalms 81.10. It said, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, not just a little quiet. Open it wide, and I will fill it. A lot of times we don't want to open our mouth and speak because we get into fear. But when we're in fear, we're not in faith. And so saying, I don't want to say that because I don't know what to say. Or what if I say the wrong thing and then I get the wrong results? Guys, when we have God's word on the inside of us, he's telling us he will fill your words. Not he's forcing you to say something. Not he's possessing you, right? God does not do that. He's not a demon. So he is going to guide you, right? I think of, of it this way. Think of a movie. The actors are playing a part. That is not their life. That is not what they're currently going through. But they have a script. They study that script so good that when it's time for them to play that role in that scene, 
they are able to convey the right emotions, say the right things, because they had the words to say. Well, God gives us his word in his word right here in the Bible. And he fills us. He gives us the things to say. Again, we can make it so difficult to where we're like, I don't know what to say. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to keep saying is you don't know what to say. He doesn't want you to say anything because he knows the moment you open your mouth and you say God's words that he has to bow. He has to flee. So no, he doesn't want you to say anything. He wants you to keep your mouth closed. But this morning, you're going to begin to rise up and say, I am not going to sit still and be quiet anymore. I'm going to stand up for God. I'm going to stand up for what he promised me. If you knew that you had a million dollars in your bank account, but when you went to go take money out of your account, it said you could only take out $20. Now, would you say, okay, no big deal? Or if you go inside and you talk to the bank teller and you're like, I want to withdraw all my money, putting it elsewhere. And they say, I'm sorry, you only have access to $20. You can't get any more. You're not going to sit there and say, okay, well, thank you for your help and walk away. No, you're going to be persistent. You're going to say, I don't care what it takes. You're going to let me withdraw what is mine. Well, God has given us so many things. He's given us health. He's given us life. He's given us financial freedom. He's given us everything that we need, right? He's given us all of the things that we need in order to excel and exceed in life. All we have to do is be persistent and say, no, God's word says that's mine. So I'm going to take what his word said. So you're not going to let anyone talk you out of it. You're not going to let Satan come and throw something in your way. And then you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'll try again tomorrow. No, it's yours. He gave it to you. Sometimes we look at life differently from our spiritual life. And we're like, well, that's how it works in life. Yes, I understand, you know, that this this is what God said here, but things have changed since, you know, the Bible was written. Guys, the word tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, things that are happening in today's world that people say didn't happen back then, that things have changed so much, you can find them in the word of God. Maybe written a little bit different, right? But it's the same concept. The same things happened way back here. That's a whole different topic. We're not even going to get into that this morning. But taking time to read the word of God is so valuable to your life. Because if you don't know what God's word says, it's going to be easy for someone to talk you out of it. If you don't know that you have four weeks paid vacation at your office and you only take one vacation, you know, one week's vacation and you're like, well, yeah, no, I can't take vacation because, you know, I only had the one week. Who told you that? Where did you get your information from? Isn't that what happened back in the garden? Didn't God question and say, who told you that? Who told you you were naked? Right? 
I hope this is sinking in this morning because we have to ask ourselves, who told me that? Who said I can't have that? Who told me that I was incapable? Who told me God didn't love me? Who told me God was the one that put sickness on me? Who told me God wants to teach me something from this? Who told me, right? If God didn't tell you that and a man told you that, if the enemy told you that, then we need to go back and find the scripture and say, well, what did God say about that? Have something to counter back with. So you may not know the scripture in that moment. So you may say, you know what? Give me a little bit to go pray, to go do my own investigation, my own research. Go and begin to pray and say, Lord, show me in your word where you said that to me. And then he'll start giving you different things in his word. You may be driving in the car and all of a sudden something comes on, a song comes on, uh, someone says the very thing that you were asking for. And you get that confirmation. You have that peace on the inside of you. And you're like, thank you, Lord. Now you have something filling that vase to where you're able to, what? Come against anything that's trying to apply pressure on you. You have that thankfulness that is placed back on the inside of you. You have that gratitude that is wrapped around you. And then we're able to express that out in words. There's a, a song, um, it's called Everbe. And I really, really, really like the words in it. It says, your praise will ever be on my lips. Your praise will ever be on my lips. Think about that for a second. Is his praise on our lips continually? Or is it only when things are going bad that we feel like we need to go to church or we feel like we need to pray? It should be a constant fellowship that we have with God to where we're not waiting to exercise when it's summer, right? Hey, no condemnation. We've all been there, done that, right? But we're not waiting to get our body fit to look cute in a swimsuit when it's that season we're doing it all year round so when it's time to you know the texas heat comes out and you got to put shorts on uh hey we're not concerned right how many people do you know that go to the tanning bed in the winter why because they want to be prepared for the summer <laughs> it's the same thing in our spiritual life we have to constantly be exercising our faith, constantly be in communication and fellowship with God to where we're saying and speaking out words of life. We're saying things that are positive. We're saying things that are thankful. We have to fill ourselves up with his word to speak out what we want, not what we currently have. All right. Last verse that I want to read to you guys is, ooh, man, I say last one, but man, they're so good. How can I pick one? Okay. We're going to read two, two more. Okay. Mark eleven twenty three. it says, for assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. What is it? Whoever says, whoever what? Says, not thinks. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubting, right? but believes those things he says it will be done. 
You have to believe what you're saying out of your mouth. And again, like I said, you may have to say it and say it and say it. I am redeemed from. Say it, say it, say it until you believe it. And then guess what? That mountain is removed. But the thing that I never caught until literally I would just hit go on this live. He's telling us to say to this mountain, right? And that's normally where we go with this. But what does it say at the first? Assuredly, I say to you. Isn't this cool? Think about this for just a second because I'm getting excited. He's telling us to say, but he's also saying, who is our example? He is. So if he is saying words out of his mouth to us and he's telling us, hey, you do the same thing. It will produce results. What did he say when he was creating the earth? He didn't think world be. He said, light be. He spoke out. So he's telling us, he's saying, therefore we say. What happened when Jesus was here on the earth? He even told us that he didn't say anything unless he heard his father say it. He didn't do anything unless his father told him to. Isn't that just awesome? How he leads by example. He's not, you know, one of those parents saying, do as I say, not as I do. No, he's saying, do as I do. Follow in my footsteps. I will be here to guide you. I will not let you down because I've already been through what you've been through. I know how to overcome. And that's exactly what we have to get into our mindset every single day that God wants us to be an overcomer. He wants to help us through life every single day. Last verse that I want to share with you is in Proverbs 16, 24. It says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You know, that old saying um, that kids used to say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. They never read this verse because it's saying gracious words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Well, what's the opposite of that? Negative words are what? Bitter to the soul, our sickness to the bones. What do you want in your life? Don't be afraid to speak words out, but be mindful of the words that you are saying. Fill up with God's word. That's step number one. You have to have the right things in you to say the right things. But don't let the enemy intimidate you to say, oh, you can't say that. Oh, don't pray for that person. It won't work for you. It will work for you. You just have to believe the word of God. You have to know that he wants you to have good in your life. You have to believe that he has made a way of escape for you. And as you go through that journey of discovering all the wonderfulness that God has to offer you, you unlock so many different things in your life to where you're like, all right. And then you build a confidence to where you're able to speak thankfulness. You're able to be grateful. You're able to pray in public. You're able to lift your hands and you don't care who's looking around. You're able to dance in the aisle of a grocery store when everybody's looking at you thinking this person has lost their mind 
but it doesn't phase you because you're not regarding who's looking at you. You are bringing glory and you're praising the Lord in the midst of everything. There's a song that's out right now and it's called Praise You Anywhere. And it's such a beautiful song and a great example of exactly what we should be doing, of praising him anywhere, lifting our hands and just saying, Lord, thank you for everything that you've done for my life. Everything that you've made available to me, Lord. Thank you. So this morning, I'm going to challenge you to take time this morning to praise him, to be thankful, to lift up a grateful heart and say, Lord, thank you. I love you, Lord. Every situation is different, but the Lord knows exactly what you need to be able to say the right thing, to be at the right place, where that place is at. He has the answers that you need. So take time this morning to praise him, to give thanks to God in everything. And let us know what is God doing in your life? If you need more prayer, if you need um, scriptures, if you just need a friend to talk to, you can always let us know. You can email Pastor Rick Riddle at gmail.com. You can email me at morningcoffeewithjesus at hotmail.com. But we want you to know that we love you. We are here to pray for you, with you. And also, if you are in a place to where you consider Word of Life Church your home and you would like to give your tithes and offerings, you can always go to wordoflifechurchtx.org. You can click the online donation button and you can give there. But we want you to know that we love you, we value you, that we are here to stand in agreement with you to help grow your faith. We love you and we will see you next week. Bye, you guys.